We've uh, gathered this morning to discuss an issue that seems to have arisen very, I think yesterday was the first I heard of it. And so I pulled together two very competent physicians who I feel can address this issue and essentially impart some important information. The issue that arose yesterday was that apparently the dangers of flying for those who have been vaccinated is a very real danger. And I don't think the public is aware of this. I think the airlines may be beginning to discuss their liability in flying around vaccinated people because of increased risks of thrombosis or blood clots. So this is a very new issue that has just arisen. It's not yet fully in the public domain, but I thought we should have a discussion about this. So I've gathered uh, together two people who I trust to give a, a very competent assessment as to what potentially could be going on here. Uh, firstly, I have Dr. Stephen Malthouse who is from BC, Canada, and we have Dr. Jeff Matheson from Toronto, Canada. Both are seasoned doctors with a lot of experience in the ER and in hospital work in general. And uh, so let's, let's go. Who wants to start and talk about this issue and the ramifications? Well, I think it's pretty straightforward that uh, uh, issue really is we're seeing a lot of um, clotting in people who've had the, uh, the COVID shots, the injections, and, uh, and now we're starting to see that, wait a minute, uh, is this going to put them at increased risk of having clots in their legs and potentially clots flying off to their lungs when they're traveling? And is this going to be a high risk? And what are the airlines going to do about it? I think they're going to be in a position of where they could be sued uh, by businessmen who, who have to travel for livelihood. But what do you think, Jeff? Well, we, we know that uh, people who do long-haul travel, even short-haul travel, are at much increased risk for uh, lung loss development, and I would uh, bet that there's a proportion of people who are used to long-haul travel that have actually maybe even had blood clotting, including my own business partner, uh, uh, developed one uh, on a flight to California. Um, and he's a healthy, healthy uh, guy. So this is not an uncommon thing. And anything that's going to change your risk profile for this uh, certainly is going to be a concern, especially uh, given the airlines, uh, some of the airline stated positions about requiring even vaccines to fly if they put you at higher risk. What what does that really mean? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the studies. There's been lots of studies on on clots in travel with an airplane, but also I think also in ground travel. And um, you know, long haul flights, the the incidence of clots in the legs are three to twelve percent in one study that I saw, and uh, and so that's pretty significant, you know. And a lot of people um, are probably going to be having them and not know because I know they did ultrasounds, a uh, Japanese study uh, showing the ultrasounds of the, of the legs of people. A lot of people had clots and they didn't even know it. And of course, we as doctors, we know that, you know, most often people get these big clots in their lungs where they can't breathe. You know, those are pulmonary emboli and often their sources in the leg. And uh, there are all sorts of factors. So particularly, you know, the long hauls are worse, but it may be even, I know the CDC even says four hours or more. Mm -hmm. So that's not that long a flight. No, no, I mean, that's just uh, getting across the United States, that's a four-hour flight, uh, at least. And, um, and and we know that, uh, you know, smokers and, and people on birth control and things like that and pregnancy uh, can put you at higher risk. Uh, in fact, you have to get a letter from a physician when you're more than uh, in your third trimester to even fly. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, this is a wild card because uh, if, if you've had the shot, and um, and we know that, and as people should know by now, that the, the, 
both the Johnson and Johnson and AstraZeneca vaccines have been paused in multiple different provinces, multiple different countries, and are still on hold in multiple different countries around the world because of the blood clotting issue. Um, and if you look at the VAERS database, uh, blood clotting uh, is, a, is a significant uh, effect uh, that we see even with the, uh, with the uh, Moderna and Pfizer vaccine. So I think this is a class uh, uh, issue. This is all, all these vaccines or all these shots that produce these spike proteins seem to be putting people at higher risk for blood clots. And if you combine that with air travel, uh, this is a perfect storm that could really uh, impact, especially if the airline requires, requires it for you to even get on, what is their liability? Yeah. And, you know, this is not a... Well, go ahead, Stephen. I was just going to say, this is not a... a, a uh, an unknown phenomenon. I mean, look at uh, even in the you know the journals, the best journals we see that there's this has been connected, air travel and, and thromboembolism. Um, this is a, a very real risk to people taking these shots, and uh, I don't know. We're going to maybe have have some deaths on the airlines, and they may even occur on the plane. Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's interesting. We may we uh, uh, we probably haven't seen the number that we could be seeing uh, just because air travel is so restricted right now. I was actually just listening to a, uh, uh, um, uh, a Canadian governmental meeting that was t that took place three days ago uh, of the uh, of the health committee, the federal health committee. And it's true, they said this, that, that in the last year, there's only been 368,000 Canadians who have traveled in airplanes in the entire year. Oh. <laughs> Almost that's re that'll reduce the risk but uh, yeah. if people think they're going to get the shots and yeah. then they're going to be able to you know they're going to be able to travel and go see people in this other country or business will get back to normal mm, i don't think so i think no. this is a, a this is a showstopper here because uh, um if we just if we even look at the at the uh viewers reports for example of you know how many how many people have actually um you know already had uh, problems with their blood. I mean, there's there's quite a few. I mean, uh, here's just kind of a, a summary of you know death. Now this was up to this is Veers in the United States. Now Canada is very hard to access the information, so yeah. a lot of us look south of the border to see what's really going on. And if we look here, we we see um, this is up to May 14th. Now we know that only one percent or less of reports, um, and again that was confirmed even for these uh, COVID uh, shots in emergency departments, only 1% of these are reported to VAERS. And then also, it seems that CDC is holding back cases that they've been submitted. And we can tell that from the way the curves don't match any longer to the number of, of shots that are being given. So the thought is we can multiply this times at least 10 and maybe 100 times. So if we look at deaths, we know we're over 400,000 if we go by the 100. But if we look at things like um, you know blood issues, we have heart attacks and so forth you know, potentially being caused by uh, thrombi clots in the heart vessels. But also we look at uh, down here, the uh, thrombocytopenia, low platelets. So they're interfering already with people's ability to clot, et cetera. It's a, it's a real mixed bag of uh, a coagulopathy. So, hey, I wouldn't recommend anyone who has those shots goes on an airplane. No, not unless they can verify that, uh, that the, they're no longer producing the spike protein, but I, you know, how do you even do that? I mean, is, is that we don't the even know. Thing? We don't even know. But we don't even know if that's the issue, though. With spike protein, right. there's a lot more in those shots than spike proteins. Oh. There's nanoparticles, there's yeah. PEG, you know, there's... And, uh, you know, we have no idea. In fact, we don't need to know. We're not going to be told what's in them. 
uh, at least oh. uh, Moderna till the end of 2022 and Pfizer to the beginning of 2023. So it's it's impossible to actually give informed consent. No, right, that's, because that's... you don't know the ingredients. No, that's exactly true. Informed consent is one of the pillars yeah. of, of medicine. And doctors yeah. who are doing this are not giving informed consent because there is no information to give. I mean, I mean, the most obvious example, of course, is when uh, when the pharmacist, that video of the pharmacist pulling the uh, the vaccine information sheet out of the box and it's completely blocked. Right, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was nothing. And, you know, I, I we work, you and I have both been in medicine for some time. And I, I tell you, even with the flu shots, doctors don't read the inserts. No, uh, they no. just go ahead and give it. And they, uh, they, they trust in the experts. And I think this is where we're learning that we cannot trust the experts. Okay. Hey, but if you've got a clot in your leg and a clot in your lung and you're hospitalized and you have a great loss of income and because of your company, you know, you can't work, um, who are you going to sue? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Where does the liability lie? And that's uh, that's a that would be an interesting legal uh, question because uh, uh, a good lawyer will always figure out figure out the one who has the pockets to pay. <laughs> yeah. I, and, uh, it, it seems to me that the airlines, like Qantas, I think was the first airline yeah. to issue a, a statement saying that their their clients needed to have to be vaccinated. But I'm yeah. wondering, I mean, you're going to go after the deepest pockets. Would the airlines be either or are they, are they bust? But I think they're all backed up by government now. So maybe that's an unlimited pool of money. But there, this will become very litigious, I would imagine, yeah. because who is to blame? Absolutely. The that asks you to travel or the airline that mandated that you're vaccinated to get on board, or the government mm-hmm. who mandated that you cannot travel unless you're vaccinated, there'll be multiple uh, parties who will be affected by this. Um, in your yeah. professional judgment, if you knew someone who was vaccinated or with this experimental injection, would you, if they were a loved one, would you suggest that they stay off planes? Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. No way. They're they're yeah. putting themselves at extremely high risk, uh, and with an unknown outcome. Uh, and we're not just talking about a swollen leg, right? We're no, we're not just talking about swollen legs. At the end of the day, we're talking about blood clots in the lungs, and that's what kills people. You know, that's the sort of thing where. And also, you know, there, there are lots of factors involved, too. You know, uh, women are going to be at increased risk and uh, uh, women on, on birth toll is going to be at increased risk. There's going to be obesity is a risk, you know, uh, inactivity, air pressure, you know, what kind of a plane is it? But, you know, it's not just going to be um, it's not going to be the people that mandated these shots or coerced people to take them. Well, it's going to be because this is, it's illegal to market a drug in Canada um based on coercion mm-hmm. so if you offer an ice cream cone to a child then you put them on an airplane and that child dies then the it, that person according to the, our food and drug act that that's that person was illegally marketed to and the person that did that marketing should be responsible so there's lots of things even a doctor that says you know i'm going to get the shot in front of a patient that's coercion through a person's authority and um that is an illegal way of marketing uh, drugs. So we actually have that on the law books in Canada. I agree. So, so is there any other, uh, in your experience, the blood clots that you're seeing in the hospitals right now, in the ERs, etc. where are these blood clots forming? Are they typically in the brain? Are they in the heart, the lungs? What, where are these, or what organs are seeing these clots emerge initially? Yeah. 
You know, it's interesting that the uh, the it, the typical blood clots we used to see were in the lower leg uh, and in the lungs, but the blood clots we're seeing currently uh, a lot of them are in the in the in the abdomen. We we're seeing them in the uh, cavernous sinus of the of the brain, uh, which uh, you know used to be extremely rare. I think uh, in 18 years of emergency room work, I only saw it once. And uh, these are post shot, right? Yeah, Jeff, these are after having the shot. After having the shot, yeah. right? These, so after having the shot, we're seeing clots in unusual areas that we would never have seen them in before, and and they're 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 quite deadly. Uh, I mean, you get a cavernous sinus venous thrombosis, um, you have a major major issue on your hands. And the other problem you're seeing is once they're getting the blood clots, they're actually consuming all their platelets and they're having bleeding issues so now they're having uncontrollable bleeding at the same time they're having blood clots well i mean that's just game over it makes it so difficult to treat um, i'm not actually seeing patients like that but uh, it, it's it makes it difficult to treat because you, you can't anticoagulate them you know because they're already have a pre a predisposition to bleeding because of the dropping of their platelets and uh, and so phew, you're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place there yeah. there's not much in the way of of uh, medical um, treatment that you can you can use I mean what, so which, which is, is the worst what is the, this... what is the protocol on an airline right now if someone is experience, experiencing a stroke or a, a clot what happens on the planes if someone is suffering like this they, they they give them oxygen and then they uh, if they're in dire straits they land them at the nearest airport and ship them to the hospital but there's nothing that can be done in the air uh, and you're you know they, they admit I mean the the stewardesses and stuff are given the basic CPR uh, protocol but there's nothing more advanced than that they have an oxygen tank and really that's about it I mean you may I mean I don't even know if they carry aspirin with them uh, something simple like that and I'm not even sure if that's warranted if you have a blood clot you give them aspirin which is an antiplatelet their platelets are low anyways you're gonna wow you it's a real conundrum so there's it no is, yeah. there's no antidote really for someone who wants to travel who wants to fly and has had the shot there's no there's nothing really that they can do to protect themselves in the air no no nothing no you can't take it back it's a one-way trip once you make that decision, yeah. you can't go back. Yeah, the only other thing to think about would be, you know, is a way of measuring people's risks and so forth. But even that is going to be very difficult, uh, you know, in, in time with whether having one shot and not getting a second one, maybe that, you know, in a year's time that your clotting will return to normal. Uh, they may have to look at that to, to try to find out, you know, who's safe. But, you know, it's going to be a probability game there. and. You know, we're looking at people who haven't had these shots having a three to twelve percent risk. <laughs> you know, what happens if you had them? You know, you're, if we're looking at a forty percent risk of having a clot of some type, I mean, wow. And 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 they're virtually doing no screening before you're administering the shot to everybody. Yeah. Zero screening, yeah. so you don't even know your pre-likelihood, your your risk of having it anyways. And then you get yeah. this, this shot, and it increases your risk by you know ten or twenty times. And, yeah. and think about kids too. You're planning a trip down to uh, to Disneyland, and you've got you're going to take a flight for your kids. It's four hours, six hours, and you know your ch your children now they're they're all giving these shots to to twelve to fifteen year olds in Canada, and you know you take these you put your children on this flight, and then they they the two of them die, you know, or something, or at least they get very sick. Uh, you know, because you may have a familial tendency towards you know a factor five. Um, 
yeah. uh, deficiencies and things like that. So you know you and you're not going to know, right? No, because so you're putting your whole no, family at risk. There's not just no questionnaire. Family. There's no questionnaire when you go in and get these things. Don't, no, they don't ask about you know familial bleeding issues at all. It, it's they, you, the pharmacist doesn't ask, or the nurse doesn't ask, or the, the waitress at friggin' Waffle House doesn't ask. I mean, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> They're just allowing anybody to give these to anybody without any questions or pre-screening of any sort. I've yeah. I've never seen anything like that in my entire life. You know, we're doctors, so for us, you know, it's the it's death and harm that we we are mostly concerned about. I think, though, if you were a lawyer, you would be sharpening up your pencils right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any opinion on which of the shots? could be most lethal on this front or are they all equivalent? As I said, I think it's a class effect. I think it's all of them. Yeah, I think so too. In fact, if you look at, although uh, Johnson and Johnson, otherwise known as Janssen and, uh, and the AstraZeneca were the ones which have been singled out as causing these clots, actually they occur in, in all four uh, that are available in, uh, in, in North America. And uh, so there's not, not, no one is safer than the other. And uh, yeah. It's a class effect, as, as Jeff says. Well, I think that this is a very grim uh, outcome that we have right now. What percentage of the Canadian population has been vaccinated or the, the, well, the world's population? This is going to have massive impact around the world. Yes, it will. And uh, I think if I was a businessman, I'm really going to have to be concerned because they're often popping, jumping on planes. Of course, travel is reduced. A lot of people have, have gone to Zoom. But this does not just mean airplane travel because clots are a risk in uh, car travel over four hours. The CDC actually has a little a warning out for that. So car travel, uh, other types of travel, train. If you're, a state, if you're stuck in one seat for a period of time, you have an increased risk. So it's not just going to be airplanes. It'll be all types of transportation.